The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Buffalo Plus Podcast, brought to you by Connors and Ferris. All right, welcome back to the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel presented by Connors and Ferris, Mike Catalana, Dan Fates. I am Jenna Cottrell. We are talking entering week three, the Bills against the Commanders. Josh Allen coming off a great performance against the Raiders. He won AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Before we get started, please be sure to like, comment, subscribe to the podcast, and share if you enjoy our content. All right, Michael. Uh, Josh Allen winning AFC Offensive Player of the Week. It's the 11th time in his career. There was a lot to like from that game from him against the Raiders. Is Josh Allen fixed? Do you think he's fixed these problems that we've seen? And do you think this time maybe it'll stick? Um, yeah, I think it's all fixed. I think he will never turn the ball over again. He will never take another chance. He will never try to leap over another player, even if it's a college teammate. I think Josh... I'm going to say this. I'm going to I'm going to do a little uh, Dan Fates here and I'm going to pat myself on the back and I'm going to say the Jets game was a tipping point. But that doesn't mean he's totally fixed. He is much more aware of what he was doing. He said it before. I believe he meant it now. He had little flashes of Josh. We can't take it all away. Jenna, men can change. They just don't I agree. change all the way. Dan. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> we were sitting there. I'm on the sidelines uh, during the Raiders game, and Jenna puts in the group text, I guess men can change to that, which I quickly responded saying, this is who Josh is. Like, this this is what it is. You take the good with the bad. Um, I don't know if he's fixed. I think Mike makes a good point that he's more aware for the time being. Men can then become distracted and then get go back to certain ways. Sometimes they have to be reined in quite often. Um, so maybe maybe that's part of it. What I think what the best part is what you saw, and Jenna, we talked about it in the post-game blog, um, post-practice blog yesterday. Mm -hmm. Check that out if you haven't already. It was though I can't remember how McDermott said it. He McDermott called it solid. He said he had a solid game yeah. in that, especially in recent memory. He said it was one of those games. And again, you can have Mike, I think you asked Sean after the game, actually, of like, you can still be both, right? Like, you can still be Josh making the throw to Khalil and still be trying to hurdle guys, right? Spectacular yeah. is what yes. Sean McDermott said. By the way, I will, I'll let you guys finish the point, but 
did you see when I asked Sean that question, the smile came on his face yes. and he did the little nod. It was like the knowing parent who was like, see, you can get your homework done and still go out with your friends. I mean, he was like, yeah, it can work. And Sean is so excited, Jenna, to place this up on the pedestal for Josh and say, mm -hmm. look, Josh, look at that Raiders game. And if you think about it, I mean, that is kind of the epitome of what every team would love every quarterback to be, right? Yeah. Spectacular in moments, like most men are, and then still steady and good the rest of the time. Yeah, I mean, solid, steady. Yeah. It was almost at times, Jenna, like boring's okay for Josh. Like, like, like that's yes. okay. Yes. I think this is we talked to Josh yesterday after practice and he downplayed the award personal awards don't really mean anything to him, all this stuff. But I think for McDermott, he talked about that award, that trophy can actually be meaningful and a good reminder. Now, will it stick? I think there's the potential for that. Um, but I also know that Josh Allen has his tendencies and sometimes things are, you know, it's, it's discipline. That was a word that Sean McDermott said. And I think that that is an important piece about getting older and maturing is having the discipline you have, you know, that every throw is available to you, but you also know sometimes that while it may appear like it's the throw to make, maybe you need the discipline to not make those types of things. So this game against the Raiders was an example. It wasn't a crazy stat game. We talked about it. Like it wasn't some of the AFC offensive player of the week awards that Josh has won before where it's like, you know, four, five touchdowns, 400 passing yards, like all this stuff, but it was good and good enough. And mm -hmm. I think, <clears throat> I hope this sticks because the bills have enough talent and they can show that they can play the way they did. If they can continue to doing that, that is what makes them so dangerous. The fact that it doesn't just have to be on Josh, it can be on mm -hmm. other elements of the offense. And that is more powerful in my opinion because you have to respect everything they're putting out there as opposed to just try and shut down number 17. Yeah, Jenny, you talk about it as discipline and kind of going off what Sean McDermott said. We were doing the blog yesterday and I kind of want to expand on this in, in its own video, maybe in the channel. It made me think again about a video I did last year about taking the cheese, like taking that what the defense gives you. The defense wants you to have to go 12, 13, 14 plays down the field to beat them. That is what the NFL is. Patrick Mahomes was a big part of that. Like they didn't, defenses don't want to give up big chunk plays. And they know that eventually, as a quarterback, you will become undisciplined, that you will then try to force things. That's what Josh did against the Jets. And when you say discipline, I think of restraint. And I joked around about it. It was like Josh on Sunday against the Raiders. It was like when you show a dog a treat. And the dog's like, oh, I want the treat. I want the treat. And you have to be like, sit, sit, stay, Josh, sit. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then he would check the ball down. And Josh was like, all right, all right, okay, okay. I looked at it. And we were talking about it yesterday. I've always made the comparison. I think it's one of the best things is that great quarterbacks either fall into butcher or surgeon categories. I walked back in the sports office yesterday after we came to practice. And I said, Mike, he's both. And, and a surgeon is the Peyton Manning, it's the Tom Brady, it's the Drew Brees. They're, they both use sharp instruments is the, is the you know is the example, but one of them uses a machete, flash, sizzle, and you get a pastrami sandwich. The other one is so precise with a scalpel and can, and can cut you up. 
and can save your life. And what we saw was Josh being that surgeon again, that, that we have saw that, that he knew when to go for it, knew when not to go for it, kind of those things. And then when we talk about restraint and Jen and I were joking around about it. And I, I know some of the comments were like, oh, you guys were hungry. It reminded me of a chef and a chef that shows restraint and a chef that goes, I can throw a hundred different things and use all these impressive ingredients. And sometimes Mike, they'll get a little sauce. Sometimes the sauce just needs like four or five ingredients and let the ingredients sing. And you don't need yeah. all these fancy things mm -hmm. on the plate. You just put a really good thing of pasta and sauce and it's delicious. And that's what we saw. I think from Sunday with Josh, I called it chef Allen and he was a lot of fun to watch. So making it Sunday Yeah, I gotta uh, pause you for one second and say, honestly, I never order pastrami. Oh, I do love you pastrami. Order? You do? Yeah, Jenna? yeah, big pastrami fan. Um, is my mic okay? Hold on. You went a little hollow there. My mic, my mic got unplugged. Yeah, you're good. Um, yeah. I would go Reuben over pastrami, but I mean, I don't. I, I like everything. I like corn. I like corned beef. I like pastrami. By the way. I just became like what you talked about, Josh. You mentioned the food, and I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> listening to Dan talk, and I'm like, pastrami. I don't order that very often. <laughs> but to you your, get distracted. <laughs> I know. But to your football point, um, you know, there's two different things about Josh and, you know, taking the cheese and the underneath stuff. That's all cool because that's one part of being smart just not chucking it down the field. And let's be honest, that's what he did in the Jets game. It's what got him in trouble. But there's also the moments on the field in the 10, 15 yard range, just regular plays where you're like, do I fit that in there? Do I take it? Now look, he had a couple fourth down plays. You got to make that throw. Mm -hmm. But I asked him about fourth down plays and you could see it was like he was going in his mind going, Yes, I know, because a fourth down play at the goal line, you can't turn it over. So you don't just go chuck it up and hope something happens. I mean, I guess unless it's right at the end of the game because you can't turn it over. So these are the things that are in his head. I do not expect them to be 24-7 every moment of every game because no quarterback does that, even the yeah. best of the best. Even Brady mm -hmm. occasionally did dumb stuff or tried stuff that didn't work. Not that often because he also was less spectacular in his game. You know, Correct. Mahomes would be the comparison, yeah. right? Because Mahomes Far. does both. No, no, no. I'm saying is the ability to do both because I think Mahomes is as good at it as any guy we've ever we've ever oh, seen. The, yes. He does not do a lot of really dumb stuff. He has his moments, but he, he makes spectacular. Different kind of – by the way, Josh did make a Mahomes play. I'll give him that. The one to Khalil Shakir was a Mahomes yeah, play. that was unbelievable. Phenomenal throw. It was arm strength, but it was more arm position. So, you know, and I go back to Sean, even yesterday, where he's like, he's saying it because he wants it to be in Josh's mind that, guess what? Not only does this work for you, it works for us. It works for your teammates. Everybody got involved. Yeah. Now. Jenna, I'm sure the comments will say it was against the Raiders. And it was. That's not a good mm -hmm. defense or not a great defense. But the style of play can work against anyone. Mm -hmm. Maybe you just need to bump up the spectacular in certain situations against certain teams. Yeah. Dan, what were you going to say? No, I, I agree. Like that throw to Khalil is, it was insane. 
it was it's your signature dish. That's the dish that has the bells and whistles. That's the dish that gets people to come back and say, man, this restaurant is great. Have you had this? Nobody loves an analogy like Dan Faith's. (laughs) Hey, this is the first analogy that's not a golf or a baseball analogy. So we're evolving. Men can change. Men, Men can evolve. Jenna, tomato pie at red. And I had other people go there. Elite dish. You got to try it. That's the way I look at it. Signature. I've not had that. So good. I like tomato pie. pie I've had it. I like red. Red's very good. Red, the restaurant in Rochester is very good. Top three in Rochester. Wow. Look at Dan. I haven't been there in a minute. I want to go back. Um, We'll have a Buffalo Plus party there. (laughs) Can we wear our hats? Yes. um, I will say there's always the fear that like the thing I want to see next is someone being able to reach him in a game, like in a game when things are kind of spiraling out of control. I want like we saw the cutaways of Sean McDermott being like, be smart, like yelling in the Jets game. Dan, I think the next evolution of this is like in a game. Can he calm himself, quiet himself and have someone be able to help him? Or maybe it's him that realizes it. And play that more style of sharing the football, taking what's available, not trying to force it, like all of these things. I think that's the next step in this process. I think that's that's a really great point. And just like I said, I, I always go back to you know, Dan Orlovsky's again, he he will make fun of his own NFL career and for running out of the back of the end zone. But that dude knows yeah. quarterback play. I when he talks, I listen. And it was that moment when he talked about the Jets game of like grow up. That like, hey, we love the fact that Josh treats every play, every game like it's his last, but it's not. And understanding of knowing when to, like you said, Jenna, okay, I made a bad play, forget about it, move on, and start kind of refresh, restart. Yeah. Um, and, and I always think about Josh has admitted that he gets nervous before games. It's well documented that he throws up before games, all those kind of things. And I remember a few years ago when we talked about how like he would get hit and he was like, I like to get hit because it calms me down. I, I wonder if there's something that he can have or a player that can, like you said, connect with him, reach him. Like you said, that when things start to get a little bit squirrely, when things start to get a little bit Texans or Jetsian, that that he can pull him back in to be like, hey, remember? Remember that yeah. Raiders game? Just, just we got you. Dan, you had some great shots, video from on the field, including the the time he tried to hurdle his former college teammate, Marcus Epps. And then you had a shot of Diggs talking to him. It seemed to be more funny. Did you get that impression? Playful. Uh, It's kind of probably like, dude, what what are you doing? And they were laughing. But I think if there's a guy during a game, Jenna, may be able to get to him, it's Diggs. Well, we saw Diggs do that in the Jets game. Right before yeah. when they had to go down and, and, and get the touchdown. And there were a couple of times I that was the TV broadcast I saw where Diggs kind of went up to Josh and, and was kind of like, like, we're good. And then I saw it right before the timeout when it was it was almost like they came to the sidelines. And normally it's just the quarterback goes over to the sidelines, but it was it was Allen and Diggs going over to where you know Bra- Joe Brady was and McDermott. Yeah. And it was almost like, just throw it to me, man. Like I'm I'm yeah. I'm gonna get it. Like we're, we're good, like we're good. And then to do that. And that goes back to, they have that level of connection. And I know we're kind of stumbling off of it, but like, think about the Detroit game when things kind of went squirrely at the end and he has to make one throw. And it's pretty much like, Hey, Steph run down the middle. I'm going to throw you the ball. And like, you just make a play. Like 
yeah. again, um, Stefan Diggs is super unhappy in Buffalo. I think that's well seen on a lot of videos and in practice. Um, but he may be the one guy that like, you're right, is a constant leader. And mm. even he's the grown up one for the most part, especially this year, I will take out a couple of moments. He's the grown up this year that has been very calm, level headed on the bench. I, I, from the, I've been on the sidelines for both games. He has been the one that has been the calming figure on that bench. I would hope at some point it is Josh able to reach himself though. Hmm. Like that is something that I think would be the most beneficial is if he is the one that could instill that calmness in himself. Maybe that's, that's not possible. Maybe that's kind of asking for too much, but I feel yeah. like that would be, that would be the the pinnacle of him being able to control, you know, and play the way that he wants to play and not leaving it up to someone else to reach him, but having him have the ability to be like, hmm. what am I doing? Because we've seen before where, and, and the Jets game was an example of this, of like a mistake happens and then it gets compounded. Yep. It's like, oh, I did this, so I can't. And then it's like, it, it's it kind of the train goes off the tracks of like, how do we, how do you figure out how to, you know, be still in those moments and not force stuff. And we saw yeah. an example against the Raiders. And it's like, I know we've talked about like the Raiders aren't the best team that the, by far that the Bills are going to see. But I even asked Josh, like, is there any momentum? Like, what can you take away from this past week? And he talked about just like the honest conversations and keeping that open and keeping things in that same approach and how beneficial that was. So I think there are things that can be learned and takeaways that can be like played out now as we move forward in the season. Yeah. So we're back to what I said in the beginning. He's totally fixed and there'll never yep. be a problem again. Well, I just want one thing. Cause Jenna uh, makes a, I, I loved your point, Jen, about like, hopefully it's one point it's Josh that can yeah. calm Josh down. Um, we factor in sometimes it's like, Oh, that was such a stupid play by Josh. Or what was he thinking? Like the competitiveness is what makes Josh special. It's what also can be that double-edged sword. Like he talked about it and he's not going to dull one edge of his sword to just become a check down Charlie. But I always think about like Brady was super competitive. Right. And eventually he was the one that knew his mistakes, like before anybody else. Cause there was a clip. I was just watching it. It was successful <laughs> trying to find a Tony Romo clip for, a, for a short and Romo, it was a new England game and he threw an interception and the, Romo was breaking down Brady walking to the sidelines and Josh McDaniel was there and was like, Hey man, you can't do that. Like he's telling him like you had this guy open in the seam and you that. And Tom's going, I know, I know. And he's yelling back at Josh McDaniel, like shut up. I know you don't need to tell me. I know. Yeah. And he's like throwing the iPad and some of that. Romo's like, he's telling him he's, he's aware. Like he knows it too. Like he made the mistake. Like if Josh can get to that point too, you're not going to take away the competitiveness. You're not going to tell him to try to do, you know, try not to be you, but you can kind of turn it down a little bit. Well, it's that discipline. It's that restraint. restraint. Yes. And Jenna, deep down, we always know. We just don't like to be told. Yeah. We always know what we're doing wrong. We, we, we recognize it. And then you hear it and you're like, I know, I know, I know. Right. Oh, it's so funny. Yes, we always know. Somewhere deep in the recesses of our brains, yeah. we know. I mean, I would make the case that for like as an adult, like what makes you successful is your discipline. Yeah. Routine. 
scheduling. Like, yeah, like all that stuff. And that's a piece that I feel like you got to learn too. So maybe Josh is, it's been maturing. so much athleticism and spectacular plays, but now it's also the balancing and the other side of the coin of being, as Sean McDermott said, solid, still being who you are and both the duality of that, but also, you know, making sure you see the other side of the coin too. Yep. Not a butcher, Tipping. not a surgeon, a chef, be a chef, a chef. chef Allen. Tipping chef point Allen. week one, Jenna. Tipping point. I, I actually do think there's something to that. Um, all right, let's talk about the defense, though. Yep. Oh, okay, Dan. <laughs> I saw that look. We All three of us were so good, and I have to make my smug face at some point. <laughs> smug face. <laughs> Got that smug face. All right. Um, this defense, Dan, you asked first, like, adjustments. Sean McDermott, the first drive against the Raiders when – Vegas walked down the field and scored. There were some scary moments, um, but defense able to force a turnover after that and really shut things down. Like, how good do you think? We've seen seen the defense play not great against Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. obviously weapons with the Jets, but where do you think this defense is? How good are they? Um, obviously, you can't take away a couple plays. Like, that's the obvious. You can't take away the Brees Hall. You can't take away uh, his long run. You can't take away the, the Raiders opening drive. But besides that, if Greg Rousseau and Ed Oliver play at this level and you bring back and Matt Milano, I'm, I'm thinking of players that have just dominated games. Mm-hmm. And we really haven't seen much out of Trey or Benford or even Poyer and Hyde. And, like, that's all good because – I've always thought that this defense has been built. The strength has been in the back end, but it really looks like the front seven has been front six, I guess, in this defense has been really, really impressive. So when I, when I see that and I see Sean McDermott again, kind of going into his bag of tricks a little bit and, and finding his groove, obviously Mm -hmm. it helps when the Raiders only ran like 38 offensive snaps. Like that's part of it. When you have a nine minute drive offensively, Sean said, Hey, the best, defense sometimes is just keeping the offense off the field um Mm. but but i just looked at and i talked to greg Rousseau yesterday and just the fact of like sean talked about that he's that he's nastier (laughs) my light almost fell (laughs) i'm sorry everybody everybody listening just like ducked like i don't know what happened so sorry not that i need to tell you but you want to clip that okay (laughs) That'll be good. That I thought my light was falling. I'm sorry, everyone. 23-minute mark. Okay. Wait a minute, hold on. Uh, you're Micah Hyde. The sky is falling. Week one, yes. Jenna's sky was falling. Oh, my gosh. That was but, so but, scary. Okay, sorry, Dan. No, and I think the adjustments that, that McDermott made, I, I think that I, I asked him because I, I don't think they made great adjustments in the Jets game, especially going from Aaron Rodgers being out to, to Zach Wilson. I don't think they made enough in-game adjustments, especially in the second half. Um, I liked the adjustments that they were able to make after that opening drive with the Raiders. Sean complimented the staff, the coaches, all of those things, because that's, that's new again. Like this is the first time we talked about like things where you're going to have to have some growing pains. And Sean said, he's still kind of laughing. He's still kind of shaking off the rust on some of these things. So to know that Sean's getting more comfortable in the, what do you call it? Like the organization of a game and the flow of a game is, is, is doing multiple jobs and wearing those multiple hats. I think it's encouraging the fact that Von Miller will be coming back soon. Um, all of those things, but Rousseau, Oliver and Milano have just played at such a high level yeah. um, that it has been a, they've dominated so far these through two weeks. 
Yeah, Jenna, you can, we can all talk about coaching. We can talk about adjustments and all those things. Sometimes it just comes down to guys winning the one-on-ones. And yeah. I was going to bring him up later when we talk about surprise players, but I'm going to go with Dan here with Ed Oliver. And the only reason I say surprise is normally you'd be looking at that guy, right? But there's been so much else going on. You'd say, well, Ed signed that big deal. How's yeah. he playing? He's been great. He's been living in the backfield. He's been winning constantly in the games. And he started out with one where he just shoved the offensive lineman right into the quarterback. It was the one play they made on that drive. Yeah. Um, he's been really good. And come up with all the schemes – but when Greg Rousseau is beating guys off the edge, it makes the defense so much more dangerous. So I agree with all that. I like this defense. Now, again, it's two weeks in. Mm -hmm. Jimmy G is an okay player. And, you know, he's got Adams. He's got some good skill guys. But, you know, down the line, you're going to see Mahomes. You're going to see Burrow. You're going to see Hurts. You're going to see Dak. All these guys. This is what the schedule is. But, yeah. you know, you can't go by anything other than what they've played. And yeah. I got to tell you. For a guy who hasn't done it, Sean looks pretty comfortable. The defense seems pretty comfortable with what he's doing. Agreed. And then we'll see week to week how it goes. You know, what teams try to do to them, what they look for, um, especially with the change. Like the change of middle linebacker is a substantial one. So, yeah. um, but so far, so good, I think, with the defense. Yeah. No, I would agree. I was was very nervous because of that Jets game, just in terms of, you know, this Bills defense at points kind of looked in disarray, I would say. Like, just like frazzled maybe is the word. Um, but I think what we've seen is just the defensive line really playing well and what that can do and why the Bills have been chasing that for so long. They've invested so much in that defensive line, but to see Greg Rousseau getting the pressure, Leonard Floyd, obviously, Ed Oliver, like guys like that, what that does to the mm -hmm. rest of the defense and how just impossible it seemingly makes it for the offense at certain points. I just think it's it's like yes, it's it's nice to see some return on that investment and yeah. thinking that okay, Von Miller will be coming back. Like yeah. that to me is another really big thing. I've been Leonard Floyd did not practice on Wednesday, but he's someone who I've really I have been very impressed with because I wasn't sure exactly what to expect from him, but I think he's been that veteran guy and has been able to win in his one-on-ones. Um and Greg Rousseau is just someone that I mean, breakout season, like that type of buzz around him because mm -hmm. I love Sean McDermott saying he added, he's adding nastiness to his game because first of all, Sean McDermott saying that word, I was like, oh, I was never expecting that. He, he loves that word. He used it like mm -hmm. four times in that answer. Yeah. Um, but when you talk to Greg Rousseau, he's such a nice guy. And then seeing the way he plays, seeing McDermott talk about the nastiness, like he has so many physical attributes and to see him kind of coming into his own, like he's been building and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, this is the year to really put it all together and show what you can do. And, so, and real quick, Jenna, you know, like we talk about quarterbacks and it's not all just the spectacular Rousseau has been so good on the edge. He's made about three plays. Dan, again, you had a really good shot of it. Yeah. Him just not allowing that back to get to the outside, chasing mm -hmm. him down. He did it in the Jets game. He did it in the Raiders game. That's a huge part about playing that defensive end. I know you love the one in the Jets game when the ball came loose. I, it's so funny. I, it's just 
like it's like he's like immediately becomes like a polite gentleman like oh i gotta <laughs> we, we try get the ball yeah, yeah but he's that's that's a disciplined play that's a smart yeah. play you know there are some guys that's just you know tee off go after the quarterback and there are times they do that but you always have to be aware of your responsibility mm-hmm. and i'm going to sound like sean do your 111th and part of your 111th is protecting the edge there that's what you're doing and he's got the wingspan Right. He's the wingspan guy now. You know, Tremaine yeah. is gone. He's the wingspan guy. And that's been really good. It's been really good to see. Yeah. Also, Matt Milano is just a beast. Oh, absurd. Just talking about someone who. I mean, it's already we already know what he was going to be and what he can add and what he can be in this Bills defense. But I mean, that interception. Amazing. <laughs> Two things. The fact we just mentioned all those players that are already playing well. Mm-hmm. When Trey White is playing well, you like we don't talk about him because defense offenses are so scared to go at him. When Trey was playing all pro level, he was so good at offenses would see where Trey was lining up and they would just kind of exclude that part of the field. That it was, yeah. okay, if he's on this side, then we're not looking there. And the fact that Trey is like, I haven't noticed him is, is good because he kind of got picked on a couple times last year. Obviously, coming back from the ACL, like, teams went at him. And Sean McDermott was asked, and he said he's starting to see flashes of all pro Trey White again, which is another mm-hmm. great sign. Like, we're, we're talking about these guys gearing back up along with Von Miller. So, like, that to me is a guy that we're saying is, like, we're talking about guys that have flashed and, and really popped through these mm-hmm. first two weeks. Trey White hasn't, and that's actually a good thing in my eyes, knowing that, like, Teams are having to respect him again and avoid him again, which is huge. And finally, my last point, um, Trell Bernard has already made more flash plays and splash plays. than As made soon Edmonds as ever. he had that pick, I was like, flash play. You, you know what would have well, happened? We would have caught you know, it. He caught that it. That was a big difference. <laughs> yeah, it would have it would have gone through Edmonds' hands, and then he would have ran to the camera going, like he would have been like, oh, I'm so close. And we would have had that conversation of like, well, he was there. He just got to, he's young. We just would have had to get more reps into him. You find a way to circle back. That's why I'm good. That's why I'm, it's a skill. Jenna, as you gave him grief for circling back to thanking himself, he just said, I'm good. Um, <laughs> yes, it was a great prediction uh, on Terrell Bernard. And it's funny, you go back to, I think it was, was it his first preseason game when he picked up a fumble and ran it for a touchdown? Oh, right? last year. Big, big play the, guy. Yeah, big. No, there's splash play. And he's splash been good play. in the run game. He's been good. Yeah. And Dan, been- one quick thing. Milano, uh, interceptions, I'm going to be on pace guy. Under over 15, where are you on this? Uh, over. <laughs> After the play <laughs> that guy. he had against the on Raiders, over. He's going to lead the league. Pace guy. <laughs> I said someone say that was taunting in itself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's gonna get fined um, just for that. Um, all right. Let's talk commanders. Two and oh, yeah. the two and O Washington Commanders. Mike, you've seen a lot of uh seen a lot of commanders teams. Oof. Yeah. And they're playing with confidence though. They really are coming off two wins. Um, where do you think this team is at? This Washington team is coming into this game against the Bills. So when you think about what they have been, right, um, it has been pitiful. And you guys, honestly, I'm, I'm not being, you know, the 
just saying this, but you almost don't remember at your ages when the commanders, the Washington Redskins at the time, were a dominant franchise in this league. And they were. Yeah. They were the epitome of what everybody wanted. They had Joe Gibbs, you know, and he won with whatever quarterback. They beat the Bills in the Super Bowl. Great fan base, all those things. What Daniel Snyder did to that organization is criminal. It probably was criminal. And I talked, probably, David, yeah. right? <laughs> I talked to David Harrison, who is on, you'll, you'll see his video will be on here this week. It's on the Locked On Commanders podcast. And I said, what was it like when, you know, he sold the team? And he said, it was like the sun came out. It, it was because these fans were so beaten up on just, he lost them. And it's hard to believe that a fan base like that kind of went away for a while. And look, doesn't mean everything is fixed and they're great and they're going to the Super Bowl here. But they're 2-0 and for the first time since 2011. I think if they were to beat the Bills, they haven't been 3-0 and since 2005, maybe it is. And there's life with this team. Now, like, I don't know how good Sam Howell can be. He's off to a pretty good start. You know, he's a fifth-round guy. He's playing okay. It's the kind of guy the Bills would have had at some point, a Trent Edwards-type playing. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he plays like Trent. I'm just saying he's another guy. And they have talent on this team. I mean, you you talk about Montrez Sweat has been living in the backfield. Yeah. Right? They have guys like that. Terry McLaurin is a great NFL player who has played with just bad quarterbacks in his time in the league. And we always – I said this – you know, and the Raiders didn't hold up. But, you know, the bad teams don't know they're bad. They're thinking they can win this game. I mean, they're underdogs at home, but they're 2-0. and So you're catching Washington at uh, a point where I think they're, they're in the Bills' mindset. They're not thinking anything other than this is a pretty good football team with some high-end talent that you have to go against. Not saying they're great. Not saying the Bills don't deserve to be favorites, but they've – been at least, you know, the kind of team that's found a way in both games. And and I think they're going to be tough. Dan, before you get to your point, thinking about like confidence is a hell of a drug. Hope is yes. also a hell of a drug. And I think this is a very hopeful commander's team. Yeah, this defensive line scares the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, imagine having four four Max Crosby's maybe not to that level, but the guys were talking about it interior wise. They're probably better than the jets and the jets defensive line gave them tons of issues. You have chase young coming back um, who looked really good in his start. Mike talked about sweat. You have uh, Jared, uh, Greg Allen, Jared Allen. It's one of the Allens. I'm mix. I'm mixing up with the other one, um, but they, they have dudes on that defensive line. And for as good as um, we saw Spencer Brown play, I hope he takes some of that confidence to uh, carry over into DC because this, where I said, Oh, Max Crosby can ruin games. The anybody on the commander's defensive line can ruin this game. So this is going to be another test. Um, you're hoping that they're building off of the, the bills are building off of what they did against the Raiders. But mm -hmm. again, this defensive line, is very scary. Yeah. That's and my fear is that. And I said this in our post-practice um, video, but like, I worry that the commanders can yuck this game up. Like they can force that much pressure. They can make the bills mm -hmm. offense kind of look 
go awry once again. And then the bills will kind of play down to the commander's level. And I say play down because obviously they, Sam Howell is still establishing himself. There's talent on that offense, but at the same point, my fear is that, you know, the bills kind of start to struggle again and then things kind of compound. And we've seen this before. Um, So I think the bills will have that offensive line will definitely have a challenge, Yeah, but this is life in the NFL. Like you're going to face really good teams. And the way that this, commander's team wins is by getting a ton of pressure on josh allen and how will the bills offensive line hold up how will they be able to do that spencer brown another big game for him like you talked about so there are pieces of this team that are really really good and that will stand to be quite a big test and that's what you got to do though the bills are the better team the bills should win this game like it's all of these things they're favorites on the road of course they are but to be a really good team you have to beat inferior teams and yeah. while there are while the the commanders are not as good as the bills there are definitely units that the bills are are no are going to be a huge challenge yeah it's it's jonathan allen uh because Thank there's you. a lot of allens and they've chased them down the other thing is you know this is sean's good friend you know we always talk about sean with andy reed but mm-hmm. you know he has he uh and ron rivera are very tight And, you know, Rivera gives him a ton of credit. And so those two have always had that bond from their Carolina days. And then you got Eric Bieniemy calling the offense. And remember, that was pretty interesting when he went there. Um, And, you know, he's he's a guy who likes it a certain way. It rubs some players the wrong way. But I think he's gotten the attention of those players because, look, it's not Patrick Mahomes, your quarterback. It's not you know, Tyreek Hill at wide receiver. It's guys who are looking for that help. And I think they're buying in, at least early on, they're buying in. And they've made some really good halftime adjustments and they've come back in games. So again, it's all fresh and new and it's 2-0. and It's 2-0. and And that, to your point, Jenna, that plays well for a team. They're sold out. Now they're going to be some Bills back fans. Back-to-back. Back-to-back yeah. Back yeah. sellout. By the way, there's going to be some Bills fans there. Enjoy yourself. Maybe a stadium still terrible. They're trying to make I it can't better. Wait. It's I the can't worst stadium wait. in the league. The broadcast position for the radio guys and all is so bad that some teams don't even send their guys. I don't know if they've changed it wow. this year, but it is so bad. And that's just the wait. that part, but it's been terrible. Also, they've had a few fights there. They had a big one there in the game in the stands. So mm-hmm. that's been going on around the league. A little yeah, bit this sad. year. Not not, not great. You know, the terrible thing that happened with the Patriots fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that stuff. So they had a little bit of that in Washington. But I was asking David Harrison. He said, look, there's going to be Bills fans there. You got Bills fans down here. Visiting fans still do it. Giants and Eagles fans take the place over. I think that's starting to change. The Commanders fans, even though he says a lot of people walk in still with, you know, they want to wear Redskins stuff. I mean, look, under... Under the honor, they had they had three names and two playoff wins, I think, right? Was their history. Um, so they're buying in because they have to to this commander's thing. But I think the atmosphere is going to be pretty cool there on Sunday. Yeah. Looking agreed. forward to Who is Dan? Who's a player that surprised you so far? Greg, Ol- like- or Greg Oliver. Yeah, both of those guys. How about that for you? I'm all mixed, messed up by names. Greg Russo. And talking to him yesterday – was just one of those things too, where I was 
he has this nastiness. And I remember talking to his high school coach um, when the Bills drafted him. He had played safety in high school. And he talked about just how kind of a person he is. And I couldn't agree more. And I remember sitting down with him and saying, like, hey, your coach thinks you thinks like your high school coach kind of joked around that you're almost like too nice that like you need to be meaner. And he was like, I'm not too nice. Like, I'm just polite. Like, I, like I'm not like, like I, I, I am, I, I'm, I'm not too nice and things like that. And like, when I was telling him, I was like, do you feel like you're, you're taking over? Do you feel like you're taking that next step? Do you feel all these things that you're ready to be the, an elite level pass rusher in the NFL? And he was like, thank you. Yeah, I do feel that way. And I was like, you're so kind, Greg. Like, I, I really appreciate this. And it's, that's where I'm seeing is that again, Sean talks about how he had the finesse. Now he's getting some of that nastiness. And Greg talks about like playing bully ball and he goes, there was a play in the Tennessee game last year where he goes, I took an offensive lineman and I pushed him back into the quarterback. And that's how I got a sack. He's like, I now know I can do that more. And it's mm -hmm. also, we talk about confidence is a hell of a drug. He now believes that every play he's out there, he's going to make an impact compared to like hoping you make an impact. Like there are some times when baseball analogy, I was telling Mike, like there are times when you're on the on deck circle and you don't want to bat. Like you're hoping there's, it's the ninth inning, there's two outs and you're on deck and you're like, I hope the guy in front of me gets out because I don't want to go up there again. And then there are times when you, you get up there and you're like, I'm, I just want to hit. I just want to play all these things. Rousseau now is a guy that's like, I dare the play to come to me. Like let have them. I dare them to run the ball my way. Those kind of things. So I, it's not a shock because we knew how good he was and could be, but now he's doing it at a consistent basis. And to me, that's, that's terrifying in a good way for this bill's defense. Yeah. Jenna, um, Dan's impression of Greg Rousseau sounded like he was doing the impression of Greg from succession. I was thinking that. <laughs> Except Greg really from good. Succession was not that nice. <laughs> yes. And two, I'm thinking in Dan's analogy, it's like you're on the first tee and you're not sure if it's going to be a fastball or a curve, but you just want a pastrami sandwich. So that's... <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that one locked and loaded. <laughs> Dan loves you. You love your analogies. Um, yeah. I would say for me, it's a guy we kind of mentioned, but... It's hard to say I'm surprised by Matt Milano, but it's like this year, it's just another level. Like it's, it's, he's been playing at an unbelievable level for his career, but just the, the turnovers that he's forced, the physicality of his tackles, like he is another guy who I think can make a game changing play when he's out on the field. So that to me is someone that I've just, I, not to say we kind of forgot about him, but we're like, oh yeah, Matt Milano, he's good. And then you see him making some of these plays where you're like, oh my gosh, like bully ball. Talk about that. So he's someone that uh, I kind of, yeah, just pencil it in and like, okay, yeah, Matt Milano. And just the way he's been playing has been so yeah. dominant. And then another guy who I'm, I really, we talked to him this week, Dan, Christian Benford has, has, he hasn't surprised me. He's, he's played well, but I think he is a guy that, I'm looking for him to take another step. And I think he is capable of that. We've talked to him. He's he's a quieter guy, but I think he is someone that is always working in those in those small moments that fans wouldn't be able to see, but at practice, keeping his head down on the jugs machine after practice. Like, and you even talked about like a lot of times guys will be in a different spot in practice if they are a starter and all that stuff. And you know. 
Benford doesn't care about that. Like the kind of like the little political stuff I should, maybe it's not political, but you know what I mean? Like the little things that are involved in where you line up in a practice, like he doesn't care as long as he's getting in his work. And I think that humble and hungry attitude Mm. is something Sean McDermott loves. But I think with his instincts and that work ethic, I think good things are on the horizon for him. Yeah. Um, I said Ed Oliver already as a surprise, uh, just because he's been, again, taking that step. And there was questions like, they signed him. Can he do that? At least early. And the other guy, and Jenna, we're going to watch the face here. Don't do it. Ken Dorsey. Oh, gross. I, <laughs> I thought the game I'm plan so last glad. week. The game plan last week was outstanding. And it was quarterback, <laughs> it was, and your quarterback did it. Now, again, it's just, I, I, they're going to this 12 personnel and that is a big difference. And that's an adjustment for everybody, including the quarterback and everybody. But when you play that way, your quarterback's efficient and spectacular. You, you smartly give Spencer Brown some help against a great player and it works and everybody gets their chances. You spread the ball around. James Cook runs. Look, give it to him. Now, again, it's they're two games in, and one of them wasn't great at all, but there were circumstances around that, but the second one was really good. I'm encouraged that he's – this isn't just him adapting and being better. It's him adapting to what is basically – I won't say a new scheme, but certainly a new primary alignment for your offense, and I think he's done a good job. Plenty of work to do. Really good defense. Certainly the D-line this week. So let's see how he does. But Dan, Ken Dorsey. Gross. <laughs> but I will say that was the best game he's called. Uh, uh, the caveat will be it was the Raiders. It's probably the worst defense yeah. the Bills will face. But he, Dorsey looked Dable-esque in his play calling job. On Sunday, you always got to circle back. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Gabe Davis. No, no, I think Gabe Gabe was really good on Sunday, yeah. which is good. But Agreed. he he blew it by going over seventy yards. We want him to be a five and seventy guy. He got in the nineties. What's he doing? Showing off. And oh. if you've made it this far in the pod. um, you're probably sitting there going, because now I think about it, like, what the hell? Why isn't anybody talking about James Cook? I think he's probably been another surprise for me offensively, um, knowing what he can do out of the backfield. He doesn't seem to really like to run between the tackles, but he has shown the speed to get outside, and it's just mm-hmm. been a lot of 5, 6, 5, 6, 5, 6, 4, 5, 4, like runs that, that have just kept the Bills, especially against the Raiders, on schedule. And it mm-hmm. kept them from... Second and long, third and long. I thought Cook was a big part of that. And um, because midway, you know, early on in that game, Murray got a lot of carries on that third drive, second or third drive. And I was like, boy, what does this mean for James Cook? And And then then, they came back with him the next series. Yeah. Yeah. Which was interesting. But and Murray looked good in his limited time. Everybody, really. Damian Harris, everybody played well. You know, Dan, it's good you mentioned Cook and Jenna. He has just that little bit more of shiftiness and speed that there are plays that we all look at and go, it's dead. And he gets around the corner and it's a three yard gain or a four yard gain, but it would have been a one yard loss. 
And yep. I think when Devin Singletary was there, there were times when he was maybe bigger, a little stronger. Maybe he would run over a guy. Like Devin Singletary had some nice plays. We're not going to. Mm-hmm. But Cook's game, again, it's one game. But man, a little more if sizzle. they can get the effectiveness out of him, where yeah. he becomes, God forbid, a weapon in the backfield, um, that's really helpful. But, you know. Yeah. It's a couple games in, but that's a good guy to recognize. Look at Dan talking about the running game. I know. Men can change. Ugh. Gross yeah, but he's giving you a gross and ugh, and all these <laughs> things. Yeah. All I'm right. Disappointed uh, in myself. Oh, my gosh. Stop. Uh, thank you all for joining us here on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel. Uh, please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, as well as share if you enjoy what we do here. Um, Mike Catalana, Dan Fates, I'm Jenna Cottrell. Check out the Buffalo Plus store, buffaloplus.com. And Dan, what? Comment in with what you were most encouraged about or what mm-hmm. you're most encouraged about moving forward. Yeah. And that what, what you think has, um, obviously, vibes are a lot higher than they were when we all left the Meadowlands. So where yes. are you at? Yeah. Yeah, comment in your opinion about what you're encouraged about. Um, And if there's a player to you that's been a surprise, that has pleasantly surprised you so far uh, as we now enter week three. All right, well, thank you all for joining us. We will catch you next time here on Buffalo Plus, presented by Connors and Fairs. Thanks. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.